This is episode 61. In this episode, you'll meet Carlos Rodriguez, the owner of Mr. Roofing, a full-service solutions company for roofing, solar panels, and more to take your home to the next level. Listen to Carlos's story on how he took over his dad's roofing business. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. So welcome everybody to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I have yet another person that I'm not able to meet face-to-face in person, but that's okay. That's how I'm meeting people worldwide, (laughs) virtually. (laughs) Um, So can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Carlos Rodriguez, and I'm the owner of Mr. Roofing. We're a roofing and solar installation company here in San Francisco. Yeah, I um, actually found out about your business, I believe, through through Artie, through Sigue Luchando and Artie Graphics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, My father and his father are really good friends, and they're all friends of our family. And we've used their um, services for a long time. Yeah. In fact, our masks and stuff and all that, uh, already did that for us. Yeah, he's cool. I like his work. Good good quality stuff. Um, So there's some icebreaker questions that I ask everybody just to get to know you better first. Uh, What's your favorite food? Oh, tacos for sure. What kind of tacos? (laughs) What kind of tacos? Um, Well, there's so many different types, right? So, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I guess I can't specifically say. So, for example, like La Taqueria is a wonderful taqueria here in San Francisco, right? Um, Then there's other, like uh, Las Pencas here in South San Francisco is a Oaxaca Mm. kitchen. Um, You go to Redwood City and there's like... um, Michoacan, mm-hmm. um, like kitchens, right? So uh, I'm a fan of all tacos, really, right? I can't <laughs> as long as there's a tortilla yeah. and something in yeah. it. That's yeah, it. exactly. I'm from Guadalajara too, so, you know, or and when we go to Mexico City or different parts, they're just, you know, tacos are, I can live on tacos all day. Oh, that's where my family's from. My dad was born in Guadalajara. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was born in Guadalajara. Yeah. Right in the city. Yeah, and I've gone to different states. I've gone to like 11 out of the 33 states in Mexico. And oh my God, the food is so different in every single state. In the northern states, in um, uh, Sonora. Yeah, Sonora, that's the one right by Arizona. They always have tortillas, harina, hecho a mano at every single taqueria, every single restaurant. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Food is great over there. It's, uh, it's heaven. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've also gone to the southernmost state, to Chiapas, and the food there is completely different. It's almost because it's like Mayan influence. It's yeah. almost very similar to Guatemalan food. Right. But it's still Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Even like, you know, Oaxaca with like the Tlayudas and oh I mean, God, yeah, okay. it's a wonderful, wonderful food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favorite color? Blue. Do you like to wear it or? or yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, just like blue is my favorite, favorite color. Um, so it's kind of cool that eventually we ended up here in, in California. We immigrated from my mom, my dad and I immigrated uh, from Guadalajara here a long time ago. And, you know, the colors here are blue and gold. I, I went to UC uh, Berkeley and mm -hmm. Uh, the colors are blue and gold. Uh, I went to Jefferson High School. The colors were blue and gold. So it just. And yeah, the Warriors. Uh, Warriors, yeah. I'm a Warriors season ticket holder for 18 years. Mm. So uh, it's, it's uh, I ended up in the right state, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> blue and gold. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read is uh, Never Split the Difference. Oh. Um, I'm always bad at remembering the author, authors. What's authors. it about? Uh, basically, it's like negotiating. It's about negotiating. And uh, it's, it's really cool because it does have a lot of um, emotional intelligent aspects of negotiating. <clears throat> so, you know, and then you keep it in context because the guy's like an FBI guy or something like that. And so some of the stuff like, you know, in my opinion, we're a little problematic, but I'm out. Like my mom says, "Toma lo bueno de la gente," and and uh, so take the good of people. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff about how you know using that and making it um, something that all parties can benefit from, right? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, take what you need, and whatever doesn't serve you, don't take that. But that's cool. Negotiation. It's. It's a really important part of business. And I don't think that business owners realize like how much negotiating we do. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In fact, in reading the book, there was just a lot of little small things that I didn't realize were part like, you know, yeah, like to your point that I, I didn't realize, oh, this whole time I've been negotiating. It's not just like when you're negotiating a contract or, or a deal, but even interacting with, you know, your, your teammates, your employees, things like that. Yeah, I think I definitely need to put negotiating skills on my resume because I negotiate with my kids. <laughs> oh, they're the best. Yeah, they're, they're the best the negotiators. For sure. And so you got to go back to the little kid in you when you are negotiating. <laughs> they ask for their needs, right? Uh, a lot of times, though, they're just maybe not looking, you know, uh, to fully benefit all parties involved. <laughs> but yeah, they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the last song you listened to? Oh, wow, that's a good question. The last song I listened to? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I listened to a lot of music. Um, it was definitely some sort of uh, hip-hop song. I listen to it when I'm working out or in the car or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know what the last song was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, if you could meet one person that are, are alive, who would that be? 
if I can meet one person, wow. Um, really trying to get to know you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. You know, I think I would go back to my, my great, great grandfather. Hmm. I've seen pictures and, uh, and grandmother, right? So uh, an ancestor of some sort. Because I've seen pictures or we've gone back to um, the towns where our, our family's from. And I actually saw like the ruins of the, my great grandmother's uh, house, right? Uh, like the ranchos and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and when, we, when, when I saw it, I was uh, like, wow, like just really curious. And it would have been mm. really fun to just kind of you know, ask some questions about our family and, and our history and things like that. So I think it would be one of my ancestors in that way. Just yeah. to learn about ourselves, you know, our lineage, our family. Yeah, it's, I, I love learning about that stuff too. I noticed that a lot of, you know, there's cycles in life, cycles in, in everything. And I feel like in our ancestry, there's cycles too. Yeah. In where we see pictures and people who are living now look like people who lived like a hundred years ago, you know, it's so interesting. That's wild. Yeah. 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 And, or, you know, like, um, at some point we can only go so far back. And so like, for example, my mom's family originally is from Michoacan and they were in a little small town in Michoacan. And I just, I'm just curious, like where, how they ended up there. And again, just the family history um because it's important for us to know right it's yeah important to know where, where we come from so that we can take pride um in in ourselves right our self-esteem and, and mm -hmm. all, all that that's involved yeah definitely that's really important and it does affect us in our current life today yeah right now yeah yeah yep. some people can go all the way back right and they know the point that their family came through Ellis Island or something like that. And um, one of my favorite comedians is Felipe Esparza. And oh, one God, of jokes, he's so funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. And his, um, one of my favorite jokes is where he'll say, hey, I, I, you know, I got here illegally fair and square, right? Uh, so I, I know my, my kids might know, I can tell them my story and, and my parents, but, um, you know, I don't, I can't go too far back. So that's why I would love to meet some of my ancestors. Yeah, because within Mexico, there was so much migration, so much interracial stuff. You know, we, we come from multiracial um, ancestors because that's what happened. Yeah, we're the universal people, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into talking about... Um, identity so how do you self-identify so i self-identify as latino as mexicano mm -hmm. because i was i was born in, in guadalajara and um we immigrated to san francisco when i was four mm. and i you know um it's uh, even though i was only there four years and now we go back eventually we were able to get um uh proper documentation right to be able to travel according to the rules now uh right mm -hmm. the immigration rules that people have here <laughs> mm -hmm. so 
I've been able to go back and, and interact with my family and stuff, but um, yeah, I identify as Mexicano. Now I, I went to, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in San Francisco, met a lot of beautiful people from all over the world, especially from Latino America and mm-hmm. having gone to UC Berkeley, met even more like mm-hmm. wonderful people and, and professors and, and learning about um, our history. but. Growing up, I didn't have that. We didn't have ethnic studies and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I identify me as, as, as Mexicano, right? Like my kids identify as Chicano, my younger brother as Chicano. But it's, uh, um, I wish I would have had more information that available to me as a young person, mostly for our self-esteem and to realize the wonderful impact we've had right as uh, latino americanos here yeah, and it could all be very world. isolating yeah yeah it could be very isolating when you're learning about other people's cultures and you're like wait what about mine yeah i understand that feeling yeah and suddenly it's it's interesting when you you know i remember looking when they would take us to the library looking for books and like I've always been into sports, so I would pull a book, and I remember reading um, about Jim Plunkett, who was uh, they, you know, I, they in the book called him a Mexican American, and his parents, and I was like, oh wow, that's cool, because that was really close to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just trying to find someone to, you know, that's identify out there. with, yeah, exactly. And then they made, then they made it more interesting, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked this question, because we don't have enough time or space. We don't spend enough time or space in our lifetimes talking about our identity and how we really connect with each other. Yeah. So what does the term cultural identity mean to you? So it means a couple of different things because, um, you know, I was born in Mexico. In, in, the, in the city, in Guadalajara, the second biggest city in Mexico. And then um, immigrating to the United States. And then like in San Francisco, um, meeting people from all over the world. So I, I think it means a couple things to me, not only like where I'm from, because like I listen to, you know, Musica Regional de, de Mexico, um, to like Spanish rock, the Mexico, to hip hop mm-hmm. here, because I grew up here in, in the Bay Area, right? Um, and so I'm a big fan. So, kind of all that has, um, I think, given uh, me a wonderful life experience versus if I would have ended up somewhere else in the world or in this, in this country where it's just like, you know, they pigeonhole you. So, I think cultural identity and then from a business perspective too it's the um it's really important the culture and that you're fostering within you the organization that you're a part of Mm -hmm. Um, because then it's the driving force to the decisions you make and um the people you help and and all that sort of stuff yeah our experiences and how it influences our everyday decisions for sure i mean if one thing was different about our experience growing up then 
that would change you know what is it called the butterfly effect oh, one awesome. one flap of a butterfly's wings could throw everything off to a completely different trajectory yeah for sure yeah yeah so tell us about your business when did you start it what is it what services yeah. do you provide yeah thank you so we um it's mr roofing and again it's a roofing and solar business we design and install roof systems and solar systems and now actually solar storage which is really a fancy way to call it a battery um mm. so now with these rolling blackouts they shut off your power and you can store it in this battery and it's and it's um refilled with your solar uh and the best place to harness the power of the sun is the roof so you want to make sure the roof is is watertight so you know and I can't take credit. It, the 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 name actually the initials are M and then R for mm -hmm. Miguel Rodriguez Roofing. And oh. yeah, my dad started our business in 1989, and I was oh, in high school. Cool. Yep, and I never wanted to have anything to do with it because uh, it was it wasn't very. It's hard work. It's mm -hmm. I, I used to think it wasn't very sexy or glamorous. So my mom and my dad, my mom would tell my dad, "Llévatelo." A trabajar en los veranos, so take them to work in the summer so that, um, you know, to keep them out of trouble, uh, so to teach them the value of hard work. So it was very humbling. While my friends were playing video games, hanging out at the park, doing that stuff, I was just on the tear-off cruise, which is like the hardest part, the dirtiest part. The, and so the value there was like, hey, échale ganas, si no, vas a hacer esto todos los días. You'll be doing this every day. And so, you know, um, I, I went away to school, I graduated, I went to uh, CSM, and then I transferred to, so the College of San Mateo, and then I transferred to Berkeley. Um, and then my whole life, they've always told me to, you know, like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a whatever, a businessman, work in an office, suit and tie. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the image that they always pounded into my head, and, and I tried it. parents? Yeah, my parents, mm -hmm. my, you know, like even, you know, just family. And mm -hmm. that was kind of their ideal of what success was, I guess. And um, so I, that's what I thought. I, I, I had a, a job offer right out of college and well paid. And I thought, you know, it was in an office building and the whole, all that. And I tried it for like two weeks and I absolutely hated it. It was like the worst thing ever for me. And I realized this isn't for me. <laughs> um, and then right around that time, um, yeah, there was no soul to it. There was no like, mm. I don't know. It just. It's just a different type of factory worker. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. And so um, right around that same time, my dad was overwhelmed with the, with the, our, our family business. And he kind of just brought it up. He said, what do you think of us? Um, joining forces and and I was like oh man because again it's uh, my perception of the industry and of, of the work was um, now I realized was the wrong one so I did a lot of due diligence to decide is this something I want to do and I discovered that in California contractors are licensed professionals mm -hmm. like doctors dentists lawyers CPAs but very few act like it Mm -hmm. And I had a manager once tell me, um, if you can take an opportunity that's 
not very highly regarded, right? Whether it's like a poor performing branch or, a, you know, a, a team that went 0-16 or, you know, mm -hmm. take it. Take that opportunity because you can only make it better. It can't get worse. And by making it better, then you are the star, right? You you end up. And so I felt like in the in roofing, unless you were in the union or um, you know some big commercial roofing business, there wasn't a lot of training or uh, mm -hmm. education and things like that. So a light bulb went on, and I was like, hey, this is actually probably a really good opportunity. And the business model that will follow is that of a professional service, like doctors, dentists, lawyers. And that's how, you know, I've, I've decided to go to, to market and, um, but do it in a real responsible and professional and ethical way as best we can. I love it. How long was it when you helped your dad and you did took that transition? Yeah, so um, it was pretty much pretty soon after I graduated. So in 19, uh, I graduated in 97 and 98 is when I joined up with my, my father, my pops. Mm -hmm. and so I've been in charge now 22 years. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. It's not and, easy to do and to own a business for that long. Yeah, it's been great. I've been um, fortunate with wonderful clients and wonderful teammates. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's 22 years. Um, and then now I look back and I actually tell young people that it actually is pretty glamorous. It's actually pretty sexy. <laughs> we, <laughs> we go, I take to my teammates to different conferences across the country for us to learn and, and get you know, continual education, best practices, technical proficiency. So and these are like all, even like it's been in Hawaii and Mexico and, you know, Dominican Republic. So. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> How do is. we get into roofing now? Yeah, so we're always looking for good people. Pero que tienen que tener buenos sentimientos y ganas de trabajar. That's yeah. like my hiring criteria. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's uh, now um, I'm, I'm very glad, I'm happy that, um, you know, like you said, the butterfly effect that it took me in this direction. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So how, like, how does it work if, let's say I'm a homeowner and I'm like, hey, my roof has a leak or let's say I want to get one of those solar batteries or something. Yeah. What, what's, what's the process? How does it work? Yeah. So, um, so the, the, Product and service is that, right? Anything that's from the roof line up, like gutters, uh, skylights, your roof, flashings, insulation, solar. Um, so most of the time people have uh, a problem of some sort. Ideally, they're planning for it and not reacting, right? Mm -hmm. So usually though the most typical scenario is people have a problem like, oh, my energy bill is so expensive. Let me find, you know, how much solar costs. Or my roof has a leak. I got to fix it. And then they'll search and then they'll call us, right? Or, you know, most of our business is from referrals. Hmm. Um, so then they call us and we set up an appointment. That way uh, we'll go out and perform a needs assessment. 
Hmm. Um, because you might like, you know, it's like when you go to a doctor, you might have a headache, but the headache is caused because, you know, something's wrong with your respiratory system. Or, mm -hmm. Right. So if you have a leak, it could be that it's coming from a window, a wall or whatever. So we perform a needs assessment, try to find out what the proper solutions are. And then we'll, um, depending on the circumstance, we'll come back with our recommendations, right? And, and so the product and services, the roofing, the solar or the battery, the solar storage. Um, but really what we're doing is we're helping our clients avoid making the common mistakes and dealing with the average roofing or solar company. Because um, the worst thing that can happen is you pick the wrong contractor and it turns into a nightmare. Hmm. Um, and so really what people are buying from us are protection. Um, you know, they're buying trust or buying confidence. And that's, that's what we deliver. Uh, and that's what I'm always constantly training and working with my teammates that, you know, we have a raving fan of our, of, of their experience with us so that they can refer us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how has your cultural identity affected the way you run your business? Is it different than your dad or not? Or. Yeah, for sure. Those guys were like, kind of old school, hardcore, like, uh, um, and they were good guys too, right? So um, when I first started, there was only about four, four, four people, my dad and a couple other uh, guys. And so for me, it was really important that, that um, anyone that interacted with us have a good experience mm -hmm. because let's say we did a wonderful job on the roof or the solar, but then, um, we, you know, stained your driveway. Uh, most of the times they would just say, Hey, that's not our issue. Like you need to take care of that. You hired me to do the roof. <laughs> mm. So for us, it's like the whole experience, not only from like the time you call us, to the time that we meet with you the questions that we ask we just we want to make sure that we're a good fit and that they're a good fit for us as well because mm -hmm. uh, it's a collaboration it's like a you know a really intimate procedure of a full construction project it's messy it's dirty it's it could be unsafe for children and mm -hmm. inhabitants and pets so there's a lot that goes into it um so yeah that's where it would be different from like some and then you know the roofing industry as a whole way back in the day in terms of the trades it was like on the bottom it was like the the trade no one wanted um, what do you mean like plumbing yeah. electrical things like that exactly thank you yeah that's that's uh you know most people would ra rather do that work it got it was better paid work it was a little safer work so um and if and so then there was actually like a lot of way back when there was a lot of uh like um drug addicts or alcoholics things like that right mm -hmm. um but now it's 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 completely different so like i say now i'm, I'm really looking for people con buenos sentimientos y ganas de trabajar so mm -hmm. you know good heart or good sentiments and a, and a strong work ethic 
because I could train everything else. I can't train the work ethic and like, you know, someone having good, good feelings or good heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what's important to me in, and then, you know, um, having come from uh, us doing the work, right. And, and the majority of people in, in the trades are Latinos, Mm -hmm. right. So on my team, I have Hondureños, Salvadoreños, Mexicanos, uh, also people that are from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, so we have people from all over. And, and what's really important to me is um, respecting people's cultural identity within our organization, right? Mm-hmm. And honoring it as best we can. So that's what's um, important because I feel if people feel respected, honored, um, cared for, they're gonna reciprocate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then they'll do a, a wonderful job working on our clients' homes because happy, happy roofers do happy roofs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I mean, it's so interesting that you say that like roofing and roofers like at the bottom of the um, home construction food chain because Whenever anybody makes a reference to a home, everybody always says, oh, I'm happy to have a roof over my head. It's like the most important part of the house, right? Shelter, covering. And that is so crazy that you say that, I guess. I mean, I'm not really, I don't really know too much about all the industries or the construction industries, Um, but that is really interesting. You're like a minority group for real right within (laughs) i'm glad you pointed it out i guess i never thought of it that way but yeah that's that's really the kind of the way it worked um back then and so now it's really like there's only one and actually the oldest guy in our company he's the last one that smokes (laughs) you know everyone Mm -hmm. else is it like is really just kind of wholesome good folks right like you know compared to way back when um and that's why it was hard to find good people and so one of the things that i'm trying to do uh, so i'm involved with the national roofing contractors association i'm on the board of directors of the uh roofing contractors association of california um that's other organ yeah other organizations across the country and the reason i'm involved in that i really want to get to a point where somebody some young kid says, they ask them, him or her, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then they say, I want to grow up to be a roofer. Mm. So, you know, uh, I've been invited to speak here at like Parkway Heights career. And what I, I don't talk too much about just specific, um, specifically like the roofing industry. When I talk to them, I talk to them about like the different things that you will need to do or learn about whenever you're working anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, I'm trying to talk to them. So hopefully one day they'll be like, Hey, I, you know, you spoke to us at a career, um, fair and I'm here to apply cause I want to work for you. Right. Or work with you, not for you, but work with you. So that's like, so really, cool. or yeah. be your competition. That's good too. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's all good. It raises, uh, you there's know, room for everyone. <laughs> I can't do all the roofs in the Bay area. No. Yeah. <laughs> how far, how far do you stretch out in the Bay area? So by choice, 
um, I focus on San Francisco and San Mateo County. Mm. That's where I, 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 I focus on. And on, we've gone, you know, East Bay, up north. Uh, we've gone as far. We've actually uh, replaced uh, nine roofs in Santa Barbara and one mm. in Alhambra. Because our client would not take no for an answer. I would tell him, you can find a roofer over there. And um, <laughs> the two different clients were like, no, I only want you. So we worked out an agreement. So we will go out of the area on referral or a special circumstance. But we find that we serve people better here in San Francisco and San Mateo County. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to know your market and... Yeah, and you're building relationships with them too. So sure, yeah, we have big commercial solar installs like in Oakland and um, Milpitas and different areas. So right. Um, so not just homes, commercial buildings, any roof, anything that has a roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I should have been more clear about that. You know, our our typically our customer is someone that owns a property. And uh, most of our work is negotiated work. So uh, versus the alternative is like bid work, like, you know, public sector work, like schools and uh, federal buildings, things like that. Um, so mostly it's, it's in the private sector where someone that owns the property and wants a great experience and not worry about their roof or solar for a long time, protect hmm. their investment. You know, I like what you said, Giselle, about um, the roof is real arguably, and you you know, you can argue the siding and things, but the roof is really probably the most critical component to your house because it protects all your investment. Mm -hmm. uh, although painters can probably argue a little bit too, or plumbers, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, made it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that that's just interesting to me what you said. And now I'd like to take a little break. As we enter that transition from summer to fall, I'm already starting to think about the upcoming holidays. Is it too early for us to start getting our businesses ready for the holidays? No, it's not. It's actually the best time. Listen to episode 35 of this Relate and Elevate podcast where I share some tips on how to run a business during the holidays. Episode 35 is the seventh episode in the Business Mindfulness series, and it was recorded on November 27th, 2019. So in, in running your business, I'm pretty sure you wear a lot of hats. Um, what's your favorite technological tool that you use to help you run your business? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh... I can kind of go on and on. Like, so to answer the questions specifically, I'll say it's our uh, drones. So you can, f you know, fly the drones. They take beautiful pictures and video. Ah, um, so that's how you make all your little Instagram stories yeah, and videos. Yeah, They're so cool. I was like, is someone there <laughs> taking pictures of it? I, I seriously was thinking, I'm like, how does he take all these pictures <laughs> and post them yeah. on Instagram? <laughs> so, the, you know, and actually some of those are um, our project managers. So we try to document as much we can and take pictures, pictures. That's because really a lot of times you'll see the before and the after, but yeah. you don't see like during how hard it is to do the in-between the process yeah so uh some of those are project managers i i'll get out there and climb around and try to take p 
pictures as well. And then, but the drone is like really cool. And then there's software that's linked to it that we, we can fly it and it'll actually scan, take pictures. And then like, um, it met, it'll like at the end with the information and the data it gathers, we can um, do all the takeoffs, like the measurements and the shade analysis and stuff like that. So I wish that was around 22 years ago. Was, you know, <laughs> who, who, was, who was on the roofs doing all those things before? <laughs> right, like, and you know, that's what was On funny. a bungee cord. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like it would be, or helicopters. We actually did a roof for a, one of the, a Stanford professor that was part of the team that put the GPS satellites up in the air. Mm-hmm. And he flew a helicopter to take pictures. But you know oh. we can't we can't afford helicopters and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty uh pretty wild. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing. But we also have like these little robots that weld like uh, some of the plastic membranes we install on flat roofs. Mm. So that's really cool. Um, and then even just simpler things like uh, something as simple as like a truck with a conveyor belt that will actually load all like the materials. Something as simple as that, because back in, when I was in, you know, back in 1989, 1990, we used to have to like hoist it up, you know, just through your force. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're you're using up a lot of your physical energy and then you're not able to be more diligent and be safe sometimes, you know, people get tired, physically tired. And it's that's really a, about safety. That's a great point. Yeah. Like when you do get tired, you're more likely to get hurt. Um, so just those things have made it easy, you know, to. So I'm like that guy now that's like, oh, you guys have it easy. When I tell our, our new new guys and gals, <laughs> you guys have it easy. You know, when I was a kid, you know, that kind of stuff. It's funny that you turn into that person. <laughs> So have you, um, is there a business out there that you follow that you strive to be that's like your business goal? You're mm. like, I want to run the wor- the roofing world like this business or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so there's certainly uh, being part of these different organizations. I've met a lot of uh, fantastic businesses and business owners in mm-hmm. our in our kind of, you know, construction world. So there are some like, um that i look up to and appreciate the good stuff that they're doing um but then also things like maybe even like an organization like in and out like in and out burger mm-hmm. like you know like they've they've been able to replicate an experience um they have kind of that you know uh secret menu right mm-hmm. um but in the end, it just, and it feels like I might be wrong. I don't, you know, I'm not seeing the underbelly of, of in and out but, you know, it feels like they take care of their um, teammates. Mm. They have like a real structured process on how for a career path. Mm. Um, you know, so generally if that, if feel, and so they, you know, versus perhaps some of the other fast food organizations that seem to take advantage of people and, disregard like um human capital things like that yeah and and along the lines of customer service i don't think i've ever gone to an in and out burger where it felt like a different 
in and out burger because a lot of the times when there's a huge change chains like that i'm like oh well i don't like the one that's over here because this and this and that or i don't like the one over here but i feel like everywhere i've gone to an in and out it's always the same experience yeah that's really hard to do exactly and i just kind of really do admire that like so some of the things that i'm doing right now is trying to develop um formally like the career paths and you know because we have it but we need to formalize it even better because we are growing so yeah you know i think that's kind of one example of a of a business that i'm like wow you know that's pretty cool how they do that stuff so if you could have done something different would you have and what would that be yeah i think i wouldn't have listened to <laughs> like my family and, and, and parents, you know, because they would always try to encourage, like, get this practical job so you can make a lot of money kind of thing. Um, not And practical, I mean by, like, doctor, dentist, lawyer, that kind of thing, right? And no disrespect, <laughs> you know, to, to those um, careers, but I think I would have... So some of the things that I talk to young people about is, like, trying to find out... Um, the abundance that you want in life, mm. right? Because everything you need is inside you and all around you. So yeah, it's at our reach, and a lot yeah. of the times we don't even see it or realize it. Exactly, that's exactly right. And and then so through experiences, through like you know the difference between indoctrination, uh, the yeah education and indoctrination is is diversity so you know Mm. diversity of thought diversity of people diversity of whatever it's really important so then you can make up your own mind and so then you know um there's studies that show people that are content in life and it has to do with like um like them have you know having gratitude journals and when life gets hard they have like a gratitude anchor because they know things are going to pass and mm-hmm. right when they um and that they engaged in in their passion something that they loved at least once a week and that they um mm, yeah that's right? so important. So like, like if you love music if you love sports if you love to play if you love uh, to have healthy people in your life or justice, right? That you you engage in those things. And then and I think the fourth quality was something and like um, being involved in something that's bigger than you, just you, right? Like whether it's your community, your church, your family, your whatever it is, but that you're, and that those were kind of the attributes that they found in people that were content and satisfied with, with, with life whether they had all the money in the world or no money or whatever that we think is success. So I think that's what I, the message I try to convey when I talk to folks. So what's the abundance that you want in life? You love cars? Like then, you know, like maybe that's something they should try and figure that out. And if you like it, you can work on cars or invent a new car or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm you know, or healthy people and you can work, help work in medicine or whatever it is. So I, I think that's kind of the, the message. And now that I look back as a grown um, 
adult, I would, I don't know, maybe I would have uh, been like a sports orthopedic surgeon or something like that, right? Because I love, mm. I love sports and uh, I play, I still try to run around and be a weekend warrior with, you know, friends and, and so maybe something like that, I, you know, uh, who knows? But, you know, I'm really happy that you brought this whole um, gratitude and abundance thing mm -hmm. up because growing up in a Latino, Latina family, it's not something that people practice a lot. It's not something that we really, that I saw growing up. Um, and it's almost like difficult for people in the older generations to to be like i'm not saying that they're all mad all the time or anything and that's yeah. not what i'm saying um but it's just i don't know if you understand what i'm saying yeah i got you yeah yeah <laughs> like it's it's um i think because a lot of it like success revolves around money do this so you can make money do this so you can make money or you yeah. know where the kind of the flip side of it is when you come from it um like i think I'm pretty, I do well in helping people. Uh, I talk to my sales team a lot about working on their help muscle, mm. right? Their help muscle, because I'm naive that way. If you call me, I'm not thinking like, oh man, I can make like uh, $100,000 in this deal, right? Like I'm naive that way. I'm actually coming into it and looking at the situation. And then I'm trying to figure out like, how can I help? Like, I don't even know if I could help at all. Mm -hmm. And, and so then by looking at the circumstance, taking it through like our skills and our, the possibilities and your kind of hopes and dreams and things like that, then we can offer a, um, a solution. And ideally we do a good enough job of building the trust, the confidence, the protection part that you're like, you know, this is who I want to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and we have like financing and we have different things to make it easy for people to move forward with us. But that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm, you know, like I'm pretty naive that way that I'm not thinking about the dollars and cents. That's just like the fair transaction for doing, uh, you know, the right thing for, for our client. And I think in our, in our Latino, Latina culture, you know, um, we can't you know like i know what you mean like i think my mom is grateful and things like because she's really religious you know <laughs> but, yeah, I was gonna say, but that, <laughs> the religious the i do see that like you know give thanks to god and give thanks to things like that um but there's this like fear component that's yeah. part of religion that i just can't i yeah. don't think that it fully allows all of us to really be holistically grateful for ourselves and, and recognize our own successes i agree yeah a lot of it is um because even then it'll be like be an engineer so you can make a lot of money yeah and you know what you said about that you're not really paying attention aren't that you're not thinking about the money you're going to make in a new contract first if you think about how can you help and if you can provide a solution and that's really important for a business owner because if they're if if as a business owner if your products and services are priced 
appropriately, then you don't need to be chasing people to come to you to pay you true a certain amount because if you're priced appropriately and if it's a good fit for what the services you can provide then the money is just going to come in as part of yeah. it's part of the deal it's part like you said it's part of the transaction and i think that that's something that i really noticed with a lot of businesses in our communities is that we're chasing the dollar or sometimes we're chasing the the penny yeah <laughs> and we're focused on just that 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 we i because i had this like business mind like ever since i was little like i would walk into like a restaurant and i could see the operations like okay that person's in charge of this and <laughs> that person's in charge of that and this and this and, this. and like for me i am really good at I just want to make things efficient for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> so like right. for me, I see, I see those things and I'm like, but if you eliminate this step and eliminate this step, then it'll be easier. It'll be easier for this to happen. And then, you know what I mean? So like in yeah. that sense, like that's how I see things. Um, if things are priced correctly and we have efficient operational systems, then we don't have to work that hard to chase a dollar yeah and then it, and then it, and it actually and i think that's when you know these motivational speakers that talk about like you can do anything you want and mm -hmm. chase your passions i think what they're trying to say is what you just described is that when you do that like it almost feels like you're not working because you like doing it like mm -hmm. and you and you thought about it and it, a lot of times it i i you know maybe i'm i'm getting a little like talking about energy so mm -hmm. like when someone when there's a one like a, a song that everyone loves or a movie or a play it's because someone or some team of people put together this energy and when you when you experience it, it you can feel it mm -hmm. yeah it, however it is and and then it, you know people want it they want it more and more and um i think that's kind of the, like what you're describing is um you know, yeah, there's definitely a platitude or cliche. Yeah, no, but I get what you're saying. There's definitely in business, there's a transaction that happens. Mm -hmm. Definitely. There's an exchange mm -hmm. of something, monetary value with a service or product value. Mm -hmm. But this whole time you've been talking about the customer service mm -hmm. and um, not just the customer service, but also your team service. Yeah. Like sure. you're not on your team. I, I don't know if that's a correct word. The team service, the team energy of like what they put into the work. And sure. it is like when you feel satisfaction as a customer, when you feel good, you feel the energy of what was put into the product you're buying yep. or the energy of what was put into the service that you just purchased. Right. And yep. I think I that's really, really important. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, like every time I go to In-N-Out, I feel the same service. That's what keeps me going back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. uh, it's, that's the same thing. It's like what they say, you, you'll never forget how a person made you feel. It's the oh, same yeah, thing yeah. with the business, right? Um, yeah, um, that's right. Um, I forgot the, the author the poet yeah she also Maya people, Angelou yeah Maya Angelou thank you mm -hmm. yeah but she always she would say people will for, uh, forget 
like what you said or, or what you did, but they won't forget like how you made them feel something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So one more question. If you had no constraints, nothing mm -hmm. like no time, money, constraints, nothing, would you start another business or project? Yeah, I would. Um, all, <laughs> Your all face time, was like, duh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the time I would do, I'm always like looking and doing. So, you know, my wife and I actually, we um, had a, a Pilates and cycle studio oh, cool. in San Mateo. And that was going really well. But with this whole pandemic and mm -hmm. this whole situation, we actually had to shut it down um yeah you gotta it. do what you gotta do yeah it just was the right thing to do it was a hard decision um but you know something like related to that i would i love basketball so i would probably have like uh like a, a gym and and you know academy things like that that's mm. you know something i would love to do um will do maybe one day uh when i have more more time and or this is kind of running by itself uh, so something in the fitness and also in the wellness, kind of the well-being, like mm -hmm. something, something related to that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, you know, open to opportunities as long as oh, it, it makes sense and that we're helping people. As long as it makes dollars and cents, right? That's too, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too, eventually. Um, was it DJ Quick? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing about your business, and all the wonderful, great motivational things that you do. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Thank you for for the that you're you know you're you're creating this this space and this um, platform and and helping you know kind of spread the good thing that people are doing in our communities um yeah i appreciate yeah. it i love to learn about stories and i think that's that's the best way that we learn we learn through stories we learn through learning from other people <laughs> we learn right. through experience and yeah master um, yeah. i guess i do have one more question that wasn't my last question i'm sorry okay. no worries <laughs> Do you have any advice for anybody who wants to start a culturally specific or or a very very specific business? Uh, yes, I guess I. And it's kind of something that we were talking about earlier. I think like answering the why part, like the why, you know, and and what what is the solution it's providing, mm -hmm. and then and that you make sure that um, your help muscle is in the right in the right place that's kind of uh hmm. right and that the message is um it, I, I guess i don't know how to describe it but that the mesen that the message resonates for people mm -hmm. so that they they can kind of they can feel it so that they can understand it um yeah making a connection yeah and then and then probably there's um someone who has maybe not done the same exact thing, but you, you, you kind of alluded to it, but the mastermind effect, having mm -hmm. some sort of mentorship, some, somebody that you can, or even like counseling, right? Like a, a therapist or whoever it is that you can talk to 
completely un, un, unbridled that you're open and vulnerable and kind of out of that process will come like the the answers to those uh situations uh, yeah so you said you, earlier you, we have right. everything we need within us right here yeah, yeah. just exactly. finding it all around us even and i love how you said uh like sometimes we just don't see it and it'll be right in front of us mm -hmm. and eventually you see it so it's like when you're looking for something in the cabinet <laughs> it's like wait where is it where's like right in front of you yeah, <laughs> you exactly. literally don't see it <laughs> it's amazing how that happens yeah so. and thank you so much so where where can people find you i know you're on instagram what's yeah. your website and so, if anybody has a roof in San Francisco or San Mateo County, definitely contact you, right? Please, yes, please. And even if you don't choose us, we'll help you uh, again. Um, we'll, we'll, through our consultative and educational process, you'll learn how to choose a contractor, how to avoid making the common mistakes and dealing with the average roofing mm. installer company. That way you don't have a, a nightmare. So you'll get a benefit one way or another, even if, if even if we can't earn your business. Um, so our website is uh, mrroofing.net, M-R-R-O-O-F-I-N-G.net. Um, and Instagram is mrroofinginc, I think. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> I'll uh, definitely put it in the show notes. Right so. on, thank you. And Twitter is the same. And even better, we're here in South San Francisco. We have our shop. People are always welcome there too. Um, and and to make it even easier, we'll come out to you, right? So uh, hopefully you'll see our trucks, our signs throughout while we're working. But we'd love the opportunity to earn someone's business. Well, thank you so much, Carlos. It's really been great getting to know you. And well, we can continue talking about, you know, we're, we're from the same town yeah. and places yeah. in Jalisco, so. Yeah, exactly. But uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.